So, Pastor Laura will tell you, I love when you're with me. I really do. I love when you're with the kids, but we have several families that aren't here today, and so you get to be with me. I love when you're with me. I know you're my number one fan. I love you. But Pastor Laura will tell you that all week I've been spending hours, hours, not, not out of duty or responsibility, but hours in the Word as revelation has been coming to me. And I, I, had, I had six or seven pages of things that I want to share. But I went to bed last night and I'm like, Lord, I don't know what, I don't know what, what to share. I guess I'll get up early in the morning and, and hopefully, Lord, Holy Spirit, you'll put some things together. And uh, so I went to bed. Lo and behold, 2 o'clock in the morning, I'm, wo- I'm awoken. I'm awakened. I'm awakened by the Holy Spirit. Come on, get up. He said, I got the message for you. Not only that, but you forgot to put the worship service together. So put the worship service together. Okay. And then he gave me these songs. Now, as I'm worshiping the Lord, we're worshiping the Lord together. I'm looking at the songs that came at 2 o'clock in the morning and I'm like, Lord, every one of them is related to the message. It's like he just... And then I went back to bed. Mm-hmm. After that, I went back to bed. It was awesome. It was wonderful. I couldn't go to sleep because I kept thinking about... I'm going to talk about what, what I was thinking about. But it was great because you see, I'm here. I, I'm just... I got so... I, I could run a marathon. I could run a marathon. I could run a marathon. The anointing, you know, the Holy Spirit. It's amazing. But he he gave me this message. And this message that was put together last night by the Holy Spirit came about from a revelation that came about from him. Because I told you, all the people, all the people that have guilt, shame, and condemnation because... You know, they've been told they need to believe, so they're believing they're not a believer. Or they've been told that they have to have faith, so now that's making them believe that they don't have faith. And, you know, and there's things they need to do. And, and so they're riddled with guilt, shame, and condemnation. You know, and, and, but they're being freed with, with this message of true grace. And, and, um, but they're reaching out to me. And they're asking me questions. And I, to be honest with you, I ask myself those questions too. I said, yeah, Lord, why me? Why me? I hate cancer. I hate it. I see what it's doing to people. Uh, two or three people that Pastor Laura and I became very close to. Cancer took them. I'm mad. I'm angry. At so I asked myself, you know, ask the Lord, why me? I know it's because I know it's not because you, you you pick. I know it's not because you decide. I know it's not because you select. I know it's not because you're sovereign and you decide you live, you know, you know, you die. And I'm not pointing to anybody, just so you know. I'm not pointing at my pointing to empty chairs empty chairs. <laughs> An empty chair. Wow. And the Lord told me, you're right. I don't choose. I don't decide. And then he showed me what two things were active in my life. 
that had become a reality in my life. Now, I have not grown in the fullness of the reality of understanding. But these two things became such a reality in my life. It's why I was healed. It's why I was healed. It didn't come from the fact of, and there's nothing wrong with this, standing on the Word of God. I'm standing on the Word of God. I'm standing on the Word of God, okay? I was standing on the Word of God, right, Lori? Pastor Lori, I'm glad you're here so you could, you, could, you could let them know I'm telling the truth. And what all over the house, right? I put the posters. I put the posters from, from, from Exodus. The arm of the Lord thy God that healeth thee, right? Uh, I, I, I put them up from Psalms. That's, you know, I, I forgive all your iniquities. I heal all your diseases. I put them up from Isaiah. By his stripes you are healed. I put them up from, from, from 1 Peter. By his stripes you were healed. And I had many more from Psalm 91 on there. Had them all over the place. So I was standing. You know what happened? When these two things I realized. I, I didn't realize. I realized now. But they took over. What did I do, Lord? Pastor Lord? Took, took all the signs down. I need them anymore. You know? I, I didn't. I didn't do any commanding. Do you understand that? I know I have authority, but I didn't do any commanding. Is that a bad thing? No, it's not. It's a good thing. It's a good thing. Give commands. Command. We have that authority. But that authority does not work without this key. You know? And um, back to standing on the word. We were listening to Barry Bennett yesterday, so I'm going to quote Barry Bennett. Because it's what I preach and it's what I share and it's what I teach. So, you know, it was pretty, it was pretty good to hear that from him. Uh, I know some of you students, you were there yesterday in Bible college. I'm, I'm a director at Karis Bible College also. He made a statement how it's not so much the written word. It's not the written word. And then he went to John chapter 10 where he talked about my sheep know my voice. My sheep know my voice. And then you go to Jesus, which I reference all the time, where Satan came and was testing him. And Jesus said, it is written. Ah, there we go. You see, it's written. That's the graph. See, that's the graph. See, when we put these signs up, we put up these, these, um, these verses, you know, and we're getting into word. That's the graph. You understand that? Graph. And Jesus said, it is graft. It is written. It's written. It's graft. That man shall not live by bread alone. But what did Jesus say right after that? But by every word that comes from the mouth of God. You need to hear from God. You need to hear the voice of the Holy Spirit. You need that rhema word because without the rhema word it's just a graph and I remember when my my rhema came my rhema came and uh, so now we're going to go into we're going to go into the two keys you're going to want to know what they are right you say Pastor Lenny it's too easy 
Pastor Larry's got to be more than that. No, it's not. There's not. Why me, Lord? He said there was two reasons. Two reasons. Two keys. All prop, all belonging to the same, right? Two keys. I, what, Lord? He said, number one, you believed you were righteous. You believed you were righteous. I don't know how many days I woke up, I went to bed, I, I went about that whole day saying, thank you that I am the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus. Thank you that I am righteous. Thank you that because I'm righteous, I'm one with you. Thank you that I'm righteous, and because I'm righteous, that qualifies me for the greatness of my inheritance. Thank you because I'm righteous, and you made me righteous, and I'm righteous with the righteousness of Christ. I'm an heir with Christ. No, I'm not. I'm a joint heir with Christ. I'm righteous. I don't have to become righteous. I don't need to work at attaining righteousness. I'm not a mistake. I'm not a freak. I'm not filled with faults. I have God's highest approval. Why? Righteous. 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 I had attained a place in my life where no one could shake me or move me or take me away from the fact of my righteousness. And that my righteousness was the righteousness of God. Seek ye first the kingdom of God and his righteousness? I know what that means. His righteousness means his. You look it up, it means another's and not your own. I stopped. No longer do I. No longer will I ever seek after my own righteousness. I don't need to. I don't have to. Because I have the righteousness of God now. I am righteous. I am at peace with God. I am at peace with God. He approves of me. He approves of my life. And you know what? When I was going through this, I have it written in my Bible, and I forgot it. I woke up one night, and he gave me these words. I got up, and I wrote it in my Bible. And it said this, I have approved of you. I approve of you now. I will always approve of you. This is righteousness. So that righteousness convinced me, convinced me, convinced me, that I didn't have to do anything to obtain something that was already mine through my righteousness. I didn't have to believe, well, I need to believe more. I, I need to believe more. I need to, become, I need to be more of a believer. I mean, need to more, I, I need to have more faith. You know what Paul said? Paul said, stand firm in the faith. Right? Stand firm. Whenever Paul was talking about that, he was talking about standing firm in your faith, Jesus Christ for your righteousness. That was the answer for Paul. Well, these two things were the answers for Paul. One was standing firm in your faith, 
in Jesus Christ for your righteousness. Your righteousness fully qualifies you. Your righteousness puts you at peace with God. There's nothing else you have to do. There's nothing else you need to do. Your righteousness is what makes you perfect before God. Your righteousness it makes you is what makes you united with God. Your righteousness is what makes you as God. I was convinced of that. I was convinced of that. That's the one key, guys. And you know what? If you're the type of person that looks at what you're doing wrong, you're not convinced of your righteousness. You're not convinced of the fact that God fully approves of your life. You're not living in the next key. The next key. So the Holy Spirit was letting me know, Len, you are fully convinced of our righteousness. I like that. Not your righteousness, not my righteousness. Our righteousness. There's no hoops like that person that commented. There's no hoops. There's no jump ropes. There's no doors to bang down. It's a fact. That's why Jesus was risen from the grave. Do you understand that? We, we celebrate Easter Sunday, okay? Up from the grave he rose, he raised, from the tomb he rose, whatever. He, he was right. And we celebrate. See, our, that tomb is empty. We serve a risen Savior. And we forget to understand an even, well, I won't say greater, but equal, equal revelation and understanding of what that empty tomb meant. Not only that Jesus Christ had risen from the dead, but that empty tomb means I was declared righteous. Well, how can I say that? Well, I don't say it. The Apostle Paul said it. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. He was delivered for your sins. And he was raised for your justification. Romans chapter 4, verse 25. His being risen from the dead, that empty tomb was my announcement from God, righteous. Wow. How do I know that? Well, he goes on right to the next verse and says, therefore, being justified, you're at peace with God. Romans chapter 5, verse 1. Through your faith in Jesus Christ. And now, because of your righteousness, you have access to grace. Wow. Right? So he said, number one, Lenny, Lenny, you believe you were righteous. And you know what else you believe? No, what else, Holy Spirit? You believed you were loved. What? Is that easy as it is, Pastor Lenny? That's as easy as it is. I believe I was loved. I used to go to bed at night. Father, thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. Thank you for loving me. As, as, as in the same way, in the same manner, with the same love that you have for Jesus, you love me. You, that's the answer to Jesus' prayer in John chapter 17, verse 23. Father, that they would know you love them as much as you love me. Well, I know that he loves me as much as he loves Jesus. I know it. I'm loved. I'm loved by him. And this, 
Hold on to these two things because, because we're going to bring it to, to, to a culminating truth that's in scriptures when these two keys work. You're going to see. But I knew I was loved. I would go to bed thinking, you know, Father, thank you. You love me so much. There's nothing I can do to make you love me anymore. Do you, there's nothing I can do. There's nothing you can do to make him love you anymore. There's nothing I can do to make him love me any less. It's like the Apostle Paul saying, hey, stand therefore in the liberty where which Christ has made you free and no longer be, be entangled to a yoke of bondage. And then have the Apostle Paul say, yeah, but I have a few things for you. No! I'm free. And I'm fully loved. There's no hoops. There's nothing I have to do. There's nothing I have to earn. Jesus did it for me. I am, I am wholly righteous with the righteousness of God, the same righteousness. I am loved by God the Father with the same love he has for Jesus. I am loved. I am loved. I am, and I went to, and all throughout the day, I all, I quoted, you know, to myself, you're loved, you're loved, you're loved. You know what? I'm really looking back and I didn't say to myself, why did this happen to me? As if like, what did I do wrong? What did I do to deserve this? You got to get rid of that stinking thinking. If that's in your that's in your mentality, you got to get rid of that stinking thinking. But I didn't like God. What did I do wrong? Because I know God didn't put it on me. You know, God God don't do that. God treats me and loves me and looks at me and approves of me the way He does to Jesus. Hallelujah. And so, I, I got some verses about righteousness that are amazing. Romans chapter 3, verse 26. Everybody will say, God is righteous. Dan, God is righteous. Right? And, in his, and he's holy. And he's very demanding. He's very demanding that you be holy and you be righteous. But the problem is you can't do it. And you sin. And, he, and he's an angry, and he's vengeful. No. To declare, I say at this time, his righteousness, that he's just. And in his righteousness and in his justice, he is the justifier of the person which believes in Jesus Christ. Why? Because he is just, and he is righteous. But Jesus Christ satisfied all his requirements against sin passion translation I like the way it says it it says and when the season of tolerance came to an end there was only one possible way for God to give away his righteousness and still be true to both his justice and his mercy and that was to offer up his own son so now because we stand on the faithfulness of Jesus God declares us righteous in his eyes wow Romans chapter 4, verse 25. Who was delivered for our sins, our transgressions, our offenses, and was raised for our justification. And in the Passion Translation, it says it like this. 
Jesus was handed over to be crucified for the forgiveness of our sins and was raised back to life to prove that he had made us right with God. Do you know made us right with God? Righteousness, justification. Righteousness, justification, made right before God equals qualification. You need to write that down. You need to write down made righteous equals qualified. Equals done by God and not by me. Wow. Powerful, right? That's powerful. And I knew I was loved. I knew I was righteous and I knew I was loved. Uh, Here we go. 1 John chapter 4 verse 16. And we have known and believed the love that God has for us. He is love. Here you go, guys. And he that dwells in God's love dwells in God. Amen. And God in him. And here we go. You use this verse. Herein is our love made perfect, that we have boldness in the day of judgment, because as he is, so are we in this world. Now, I used to read that because of the way it's translated, and I thought it meant we have boldness to stand before the judgment, right? Because as as he is, so are we in this world. And I thought it, it meant to like a judgment time. You know what I'm saying? But that doesn't make sense. Why would it say, and why would it talk about something in the future and then reference the fact that this is how we are right now? You know, John, John to his readers, he would indicate, well, this is at that day, at this day, at that day when it takes place, you'll be right, you'll be righteous before him. Don't know. So I looked up that word um, day, and it's talking about this day, this time, this period, this 24-hour period. Right? Right right now. And so when you look up the word judgment and you took out the other words that were added into to kind of make it seem, you know, to say what they wanted it to say, that word judgment means no condemnation, no punishing, no damning, no avenging thoughts, no calling into question, never calling into question. So what this saying is, here is God's love made perfect to you. You never have to worry about anything condemning coming from God. You never have to worry about any kind of punishment coming from God. You never have to worry about any damning words coming from God. You never have to worry about God avenging because there's sin in your life. You never have to worry about God calling into question your life before him. Why? Because as Jesus is, so are you in this world. That makes a whole lot more sense, doesn't it? And that is when love becomes perfected in you. You have that understanding. Okay? And here it goes, verse 18. There is no fear in love. There is no fear in love. Now, I'm going to ask you guys something. Those of you who, you know, you're here, you can call out. What's the opposite of fear? No! Yes! Faith is not the opposite of fear. Okay? Love is the opposite of fear. 
Because only love cancels out fear. Faith is pistis, trust. Okay? There is no fear in love. Perfect love. What perfect love? The perfect love that never has a condemning word. The perfect love that never condemns. The perfect love that never has punishing thoughts or punishing words. The perfect love that never has any damning thing to say to us. The, the perfect love that never, never has any avenging, avenging thoughts of, of, of against sin towards us. The, the perfect love that never calls into question. The fact that we're just like Jesus Christ, that we're righteous, that we're holy, that we're blameless. That perfect love will cast out fear. And that's a good thing. Why? Because fear comes with torment. And he that fears, so this is, this is what it's saying. He that fears, fear brings torment. So he that is tormented, he that is, has, has been riddled with anxiety, he, he that is riddled with worry, can never be made perfect in love. So here's what Jesus is telling me. This is what he told me. Len, you knew you were righteous. And Len, you, were, you knew you were loved. Now, you know why I knew? I, I, the Holy Spirit, when he was bringing that to me, why I knew? Why I knew? Is the message okay so far? Yeah. It's okay so far? Now, this is why I knew. Nina, they're asking me, this is they're asking me. Were you afraid? Weren't you afraid? Weren't you afraid? Pastor Lurie, come up here. Come on, honey. Come on. Come up here. Was I ever afraid? No. Were we ever afraid? No. No fear at all? No. None? None. Zip? Zip. Never? Never. From day one? Day one. Even when we went to that doctor's office, knowing, well, you didn't know it yet, no. but that doctor, right, he told me, you have a 2% chance of survival. That was a nice way of him telling me, we're 98% certain you're going to die. No fear. None. When we walked into that doctor's office, remember? Yep. Did we, have, did we have smiling faces and joyful faces? We did. Right? Yep. We were happy and laughing, and we were high-fiving. Yep. No fear. No. Right? Mm -mm. Perfect love casts out all fear. fear. I didn't have any fear. Nope. No fear. Amen. Thank you, hon. They have to know I'm telling the truth. Now, I'll tell you what. I think that most people or a lot of people, if they were told that you only have 2% chance of living and there's a 98% chance you're going to die, there'd be some kind of fear in their life. But there wasn't. There wasn't. And so because of those two keys, my righteousness that I knew, I didn't have to do a single thing to qualify. I qualified. And because of God's love, there was no fear. None at all. And because of those two things and that key, no fear, no fear, only realize, realize, realize love. Real, look, this is why the Apostle Paul says that, that he would grant you, according to the riches of his glory, to be strengthened with the might by his spirit in the inner man. Okay, how? That Christ may dwell in your hearts by faith, 
In, in case you don't know where this is, this is Ephesians chapter 3, verse 16 through 20. Here we go. Listen to this, guys. That you, being rooted and grounded in love. See, you're rooted and grounded in love. You're rooted and grounded in love. You're rooted and grounded in love. You may be able to comprehend with all the saints what is the breadth and the length and the depth and the height and to know the love of Christ with pass, which passeth knowledge. Why? Because then you will know that you are filled with all the fullness of God. Now, if that's taking place in your life, you are rooted and grounded in that love. You are becoming more aware of the height, the depth, the width, the breadth of his love. Now the fullness of God is going gonna, is gonna to be able to, 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 to permeate through you, right, into your, mortal, into your mortal beings, into your fleshly bodies. Then you're going to understand, whew, now unto him who is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all that we could ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. So what power is he talking about? Well, he just got done talking about three or four verses of the power of love. So why is this a key? Okay? Key, righteous healing. I mean, uh, righteous, I'm loved. Right. That's it, guys. This guy, this is it. This is it. Galatians chapter 5, verse 6. This is what the Apostle Paul tells us. All that matters now is living in the faith that is activated and brought to perfection by love. It's not brought to perfection by I'm standing. It's not brought to perfection by, by, by claiming this scripture. By using your authority. Faith, faith is activated and living in that faith that's activated. It's brought about in your life to perfection by love. That's it, guys. That's it. You have to know you're loved by God. You're accepted by God. You please Him. Your approval rating before God is through the roof. He loves you. There's no, but what about, but no, I, I love you. You go to, but what, I love you. It's just like, Father, do you know I spent all that you gave me on, on hookers and uh, on prostitutes, on, uh, on gambling? I, I, you know, you, Give me the ring. Give me the robe. Give me the shoes. But, but Father, I, I was disrespectful. I, I, I love you. Give him the ring. Give him the robe. You know. So, so this guy, this son, be, became awakened to. Wow. My father really loves me. Yeah, yeah. And all that I have is yours. There was no standing for Pastor Lenny. There was no commanding. There was no posters anymore. There was no striving. There was no guilt, shame, or condemnation. It never was about what I had to do. <clears throat> but it was always about what he did. And you know what? I never realized. I think um, Antoinette is here with us today. 
And I think she was part of that period of time where not only was I convinced of the love of God, but my wife, her love for me just empowered me even more. And then my love, the love that my children had for me was amazing. And so you see, faith is energized and activated by love. And then oh, Antoinette remembered, I came, I never missed a Saturday. I came. And I was thinking about it. Whoa, yes. This is why these students in that year have such a special place in my heart. Because every time I came to class on Saturday, they showered me with so much love. It's what I needed. It's all I needed. To know I was righteous, to know I was love. My faith was activated. I heard the voice of God, not the written word. I heard the rhema word, the voice of God. Man does not live by graph alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Because of my was righteous, because of his love, his word came to me. Faith was activated within, within me. And he told me, you will live and you will not die. You will not miss a Saturday. Proceed with peace. And I did. And next Tuesday, we go back to Mount Sinai Hospital just for ha-has. Because what's now? Been two years, two and a half years? Well past six months, right? And they're going to take the test. They're going to verify the fact. It's gone. No more. It's done. It's finished. You're healed. I can't wait. Come on, I know what it's going to come out. Come on, I know what it's going to say. Perfect love cast out all fear. Amen. I'm healed. Mm -hmm. So guys, those are the two keys, the only two keys. This is not up to you. And not only is it not up to him, it was up to him. And he's taking care of it. What is up to you is to know you're righteous and to know you're loved. Amen? All right, let's pray. Father, we worship you, and we praise you, and we thank you for such a glorious gospel. Too good to be true, too easy. That's what makes it the gospel. That's what makes it the gospel. If it's not easy, and if it's hard, and if there's anything we need to do, it's not the gospel. And Father, if it makes us feel condemned in any way, or guilty in any way, or shamed in any way, then it's not the gospel. So we thank you, Father, for your sacrifice and your offering for Jesus, for Jesus, for Jesus, fully loved and fully qualified because of our faith in Jesus. We thank you that we believe and we receive that truth. In Jesus' name we pray, amen. amen.